Last time on Word Travels Fast. The search for the 2017 Australian Poetry Slam champion kicked off at the Byron Writers Festival. Byron Bay, where we get high and we accept feminism and gays. <laughs> where conflicting opinions on Poetry Slam rose to the surface. All performance poetry is doggerel because it's shit. Sam and Josh took first and second place at the Byron Heat, securing their spot in the state finals. And our troop of poets packed into a minivan to travel to the towns of Kempsey and Moree. Bye bye, Byron, busting it to Moree. Mm. <laughs> That's all I've written. So. You're listening to Word Travels Fast. I'm Tegan Nichols. Country towns. In Australia, they consist of a main street with a post office, a couple of shops and a pub that'll have plenty of cold and very affordable beer, but usually no vegetarian options on their menu. There'll be a school, a church and a bank. The country town is the nucleus of regional Australia, with the single purpose of serving those who live and work on the farmlands which radiate around it an environment which affords its own unique forms of entertainment. We've got Beef Week. Okay, what happens at Beef Week? Cow Bingo, where they put um, numbers on the ground in a rectangle and cows walk around and take dumps on the numbers and whoever, you know, gets their number gets a prize. That's unique, (laughs) you know? I mean, it's almost embarrassing. And in case you were wondering, that is a true story that Miles is telling. It was told to him by a teenager living in the town of Casino, New South Wales. But in all seriousness, small regional towns may seem like unsuspecting places to find the next Poetry Slam champ of Australia. In fact, in a competition like the Australian Poetry Slam, let's call it the APS for short, coming from a regional town alone can be enough to put poets at a disadvantage. They might not have the same resources and access to like even just gigs to perform at and practice performing at. So yeah, the people from the bigger cities definitely have a bit of a bit of an edge considering the just the sheer number of gigs that they're able to perform at throughout the year. According to World Bank data, as of 2016, the percentage of the Australian population residing in urban areas creeped up to almost 90%. More people means more things. More things, more often. More competition, yes. But more opportunities, also yes. City living exposes individuals to more than just noise pollution. It grants a greater access to artistic and cultural spaces. So what impact does access to these sorts of artistic experiences have on individuals and communities? The first few regional towns our troop of travelling poets visited were Moree and Kempsey, both towns with a population of only 10,000 people or less. Something happened in Kempsey that caused me to think about the significance that a competition like the APS can have for some. It was the night of the Kempsey Slam, and the local library had been converted into a makeshift performance space. Rows of plastic chairs were laid out for the audience, facing a small PA that would soon carry the words of anyone who turned up to register for the slam. There was a small table with cheese, crackers and tea that had been set up to the side of the seating area. 
and it had taken the interest of a modest yet growing crowd. And that's when we saw him, a poet from Byron Bay, who had competed in the slam only a few days prior. Remember Sam, who took first place in Byron? Media band. My breasts were wasted on my husband, the bomb man. My breasts were not... Well, there he was, in the flesh. Her husband, the bum man, although his real name is Bruce. Down from Byron Bay, ready to compete again in Kempsey. In the APS, there is really only one hard and fast rule to enter a slam heat. Poets need to live in the state where they are competing. If you live in Victoria, you can't compete in a slam in New South Wales and vice versa. This prevents the national finals from being overpopulated by poets from larger areas like Sydney and Melbourne. However, one thing this rule doesn't prevent is participating poets competing multiple times in multiple locations. Missing out in one heat, so trying their luck again somewhere else. Yeah, I basically, I got up at 4.30 this morning and did my shift, jumped in the car and drove down the highway and got here with about 20 minutes to spare and, and signed in. And guess what? The four-hour drive paid off. He won. Feel a, a bit, else? kind of like a bit of an intruder, I guess. But that happens at Byron Bay as well. We we get people from everywhere entering that heat, and I'm just so relieved, and I'm I'm thrilled that I'm going to Sydney. Yeah, so looking forward to doing it. That poem means a, a lot to me, and I'm looking forward to getting it to a different, bigger audience. Yeah, and so it came to pass. Five or six weeks later, I found myself exiting the elevator. I walked past those heaving, wheezing ventilators. I knelt at the feet of those giants of science. My transformation complete. What I craved was compliance. Surely to God, there is some kind of cure. Surely in this day and age, you can do more. And as I listened to that cough, hooping and echoing, Bruce's victory in Kempsey may not come as much of a surprise. I mean, he's from Byron Bay after all. It's a town known for its writers and music festivals. It's a kind of oasis of creativity, away from the hustle and bustle of the cities, but still with its finger very much on the cultural pulse. This case is an example of someone who has gone above and beyond in order to share a message important to them, empowered by poetry. But it also points to a discrepancy that leans in favour of wealthier and more populated areas when it comes to arts access. And furthermore, the impact that one can have when given the opportunity to develop a kind of artistic literacy. Miles has been running the APS for 10 years now and is continuing to travel to and build in more and more slam heats in regional areas. One of our main aims with the slam is to represent the unheard, um, to find opportunities to reach to more marginalised communities. And from my own experience going to small towns, they're often hesitant to get up and express their own personal creativity in front of their community and in front of their peers particularly when you go to a high school you often see kids just kind of nervously staring at the floor when you ask them to just stand up and say their name out loud you know the common response when you go to high school in most small towns in australia is what's kempsey like there's lots of crime and i don't know why i'm even here oh no this isn't 
good. <laughs> Just think of it. Chems is kind of like a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> but it's one that you can overcome. There's always hope. Like, there may be bad things, but you can still overcome them. That's what Kempsey is. You know, all these kids are just calling their town a hole. Nothing happens. It's boring. No, nothing, nothing happens in our town. There's that one aspect of how do we get the communities themselves to represent themselves, feel a sense of self-confidence and empowerment about their own life experience when they never see themselves on home and away. But when you ask them about their lives and their daily life and their experiences, you realize that, that there are all these stories that are never going to be heard outside of the community unless people in those communities decide to start telling those stories and getting them out to the world. So it seems holding poetry slams in regional Australia is about more than simply mining our small towns for their best orators to put on the stage at the state finals in Sydney. In fact, the occurrence is more seen as a kind of cultural exchange. We send amazing spoken word artists to those communities to give them an opportunity to see something that they've never seen before, Um, some artistic excellence that's um, expressed immediately and accessibly. So there's no cast, crew, there's no, you know, director. It's basically a guy like Zahab Khan. Hear the dum diddy dum of drums as we succumb to the rhythm and rhyme of gone by time. Or a woman like Ariel Cottingham. I am mixclada, mesclada, mixclada, mulada, morena. Jumping up on stage and blowing the minds of the people in the room with two minutes of their words. And once people see that they that that can be done, they realize that I can just write it and express it in front of my friends right now. Let's face it. When it comes to voices that aren't often heard... Teenagers are definitely up there. Adolescence is not an easy time to get people to listen to you. At the moment, if you're under 18, you can't vote, you don't really have a voice, people don't really respect your opinion because they feel like you haven't experienced enough. Youth in general is a marginalised community in terms of having a political and um, philosophical uh, standpoint. So while on the tour... Our former APS champions, Zohar and Ariel, ran workshops with the students of the local high schools in these regional towns, sharing their slam skills to empower their voices. Zohab and I did a workshop at a Seventh-day Adventist school. Uh, but came against some unexpected barriers. school where we were told, like, stay away from gender politics, stay away from cursing, stay away from, like, basically any, like, adult themes. And I'm just like, well... I can do one poem, maybe. And even then, in the midst of the poem, I realized I was coming up on something that I was told not to talk about and I had to skip over that part really quickly. In case you're unfamiliar with the faith, Seventh-day Adventists have 28 established beliefs. One of those beliefs specifically concerns marriage. And let's just say it didn't come out in support of the yes vote. Talking with Ariel about this later, she told me about responses she'd had to a poem of hers called Tramlines. It's about her own personal experience, discovering her sexuality, and how it clashed with her Catholic upbringing. Here's some of Tramlines. In the name of the Father, let us pray. I'm 18 at a school track meet, warming up for the 1600-meter vomit fest. (laughs) When pinched lips and freckles hit me, like a lightning bolt from God, 
like recognizing someone you've never seen before. And I cross the straight finish line fourth, and she's too gorgeous for me to notice any of the boys. In the name of the Father, let us pray. I'm 18 and Catholic, wishing I was straight, wishing I was straight, wishing I was straight, wishing I was straight, wishing I was straight. Wishing I was straight, wishing my hair was straight so my parents could love me more. You look so pretty when you're straight. You look so pretty when you're straight. You look so pretty when you're straight. Pretty straight, pretty straight. I'm pretty straight since I only ever bring men home. I'm pretty straight when my mom convinces me to straighten my hair one more time so my boyfriend can see it straight. Look how straight it gets. Look how straight I can be, mom. Just like you. Peace be with you. With your straight hair and also with you. And your straight marriage. I thought I wanted to be just like Thank you, Mom. Let us pray. All straight edge, straight hair, straight woman, straight prayer. But I can't let us pray. Can't let us pray. Can't let us pray. Can't let, can't let, can't let. Every time I've done tram lines, somebody has come up to me and said, thank you so much. I needed to hear that. I'm having trouble coming out to my own parents. Queer kids exist. We're everywhere. And it's important for us to like know that there's some of us out there who are actually like surviving and thriving. And when you can't really talk about that in some settings, like I feel like it's dangerous and creating barriers for kids to express themselves. The Moray Slam saw the return of many of the school students who had attended one of Zohab and Ariel's Slam workshops. It became apparent that, while some issues may be off-limits in certain schools, for the teenagers themselves, they might be out of sight but they're definitely not out of mind. The ones that crafted you from their own skin and blood ignore you. They tear you down like wolves devouring their prey. I am spurned by my own desire to disperse thoughts to paper, and I am no longer compelled, my hand no longer propelled, to even complete this which I attempt to call a poem. You see, this girl is a victim of something I can't comprehend. Deep in my heart, I know I must stop. For my life, I don't want to end. The poems may have dealt with some heavy issues, but the atmosphere of the night was light, and first place went to Willow. It was brilliant, but absolutely nerve-wracking. One of the students from the local high school. I've never really been good at performing, but then I thought, you know, I'd get up and have a go and maybe, you know, get third place if I'm super lucky. And then third place was called out, and I'm like, okay. And then second place was called out, I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to get this. Then I got first, and my face was just like, whoa. And my heart was beating really fast, and I just was like, oh, my God. I guess it's, it's this way of exciting young people about poetry, where their own self-expression becomes paramount, rather than, here's Coleridge, here's Keats, study all those, and once you've memorized some Banjo-Patterson, come back to me. 
it becomes much more about making the work rather than just analyzing the historical data. It turns them into creators rather than consumers, which is a great, I think, great sense of empowerment, but it's also, I don't know, I think I'm excited about changing lives, you know, and if we can do that with poetry, that's pretty incredible. In towns like Kempsey and Moree, where not much happens, it's easy to see the impact something like the APS has. Spending a few days in a town to hold a slam gives the community access to award-winning performances, to workshops where they could develop their creative voice, and perhaps most importantly, it allows individuals to hold the attention of their peers for two minutes. And for those two minutes on the mic, tell them anything. It's those two minutes that matter. It's those two minutes that will take a Maury High School student from reciting her poetry on the floor of the local library to performing in a 200-seat auditorium in Sydney's inner city. It's those two minutes that will motivate a poet like Bruce to drive for half a day just to try a second time at getting through to the state finals. With two more towns down, it was time for our troop to pack back into the van and hit the highway. But the road ahead had some nasty business in store for us. They've got blackface dolls inside. Holy shit. For sale. Holy shit. Wow, yeah. Yikes. Country Australia. Woo. You're living up to the stereotypes right now. Word Travels Fast is produced by Word Travels in partnership with All The Best, with sound production by me, your host, Tegan Nichols. A big thanks to all the poets who featured in this episode. To hear more episodes, visit wordtravels.info or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. 